afternoon and welcome to Cover to Cover Javelin's Bistro. I will be your host for the next half hour bringing to you uh, something artistic in the world in form of a story in today's form of story. I hope it, it you find it as intriguing as I do. But before we get started, I want to uh, give hello to one of our KPFA listeners in North Carolina, Kendra Kiki and Therese, who is a poet and will be, I'm hoping to interview her at some point in the very near future. I heard that one of her uh, birthday wishes, which is today, so happy birthday, KPFA listener Kendra and Therese Kiki, uh, and that she wants to go into acting. So I hope to highlight that journey for her and what that uh, will entail, uh, moving from being a poet, a writer, into actress. But today, the story that we're going to talk about is with Linda Livingston, who is a percussionist. She's a percussionist, and she will be actually given a, be a part of a free show that will be August 1st through Afro Solo. Afro Solo is in its 15th year of celebration, bringing African-American artists, solo performance artists to the stage, and not just the artists themselves, but the voices and history of African-American life. And so we have that diversity of, of different perspective. It's always been a beautiful thing that's occurred. And Thomas um, has Thomas Simpson, who started that uh, 15 years ago, maybe 16, uh, on his birthday, and it has expanded into something that I believe in a 100 and so years will be a part of the archives of history in America in the arts. So kudos out to Thomas for bringing Afro Solo. And today we'll talk to one of the artists this year as a part of that celebration, Linda Livingston. Linda will be joining us by phone in just a moment. She was born and raised here in Hayward, California, has been married to her significant partner for, I believe, is 36 years. She'll correct me if I'm wrong, and has raised three wonderful children. And she, we're going to talk to her about the background story of being a woman, a percussionist, is also an actress, and what that has meant to her life, to the Bay Area, what she's been doing with that work in the world. And if you'd like to call in and join us at any point in time, as always, you can and are welcome to. Uh, the number is 510-848-4425. And if you're outside of the 510 area code, it's 800-958-9008. And we're going to be talking about a free concert coming up August 1st in San Francisco, 3 p.m. at the Yerbo Bruno Gardens Festival. Uh, and that's at 773 Mission Street. The website for that is a Y, not the website, but the, um, yes, it is the website, YBGFestival.org. And the number to call is 415-543-1718. And I'll give that number out again before we end the show. And I'd like to now introduce and say hello to our guest, Linda. Hello, Linda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good afternoon. How are you doing? And welcome to KPFA. I'm doing fine, and thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I was excited when I got an email from Thomas, um, not just because the the festival and the beauty that it offers, but to know that uh, there's this woman percussionist in the world, which is a rarity even in the 21st century. Yeah. I've been around for a while, though, but um, in and out. Because uh, mm-hmm. I've had to, you know, participate in raising a family and having a regular job, uh, so it's a little difficult. But uh, I'm just ready to um, really get back out there, and and I'm making headway. And how long have you been gone this time around as you come back into this journey? 
Well, it's been off and on all, mm -hmm. you know, through the years. So there's been, you know, five or six months down period. Then I get a gig. Um, and then um, recently I um, ran into Herbert Mims. He plays saxophone and he uh, hired me for several events. And um, I've been playing at the Pittsburgh Yacht Club. Um, for uh, jazz, it's called Every First Sunday, uh, which was uh, started by Walt Hill, who's uh, passed on recently. Um, so I've been kind of like doing a lot, but it's still kind of in and out. Mm. I'm picking up a little bit of sound in the um, on your end. Do you know what that could be? I know you're no. on a landline, right? I'm on a landline, and I closed my door in my little office, and okay. I could try another phone. No. Okay, there's nothing we can do, so we're, the engineer, engineer just let me know there's nothing we can do, so we're just going to continue uh, and let the universe uh, put it out there for everyone's ears. So you have actually worked with Sheila E., who's well-known. I think a lot of folks know that name. Yes. And then Juan Escovito. Yes, we did an album. Juan and I did an album. Uh, we did percussion on uh, Ricardo Scales' album called Obsession. And uh, I'm on the title track, which is named Obsession. When did you get started with percussions with the world of drumming? How did that happen for you? Um, actually, um, I started, I didn't start until I was like 21. When I was in high school, I wanted to play drums. My teacher would not let me play drums. So I had to settle for playing clarinet. Um, and then I tried uh, various melodic instruments, piano, guitar, and nothing suited me as well as drums and percussion. And I was always good in dance. I had rhythm, um, so it just stuck to me. And, but I didn't get started till I was 21. So during the period of time you were having clarinet and dance and other uh, forms of art, you had a relationship with the drums. Does that mean someone in the house or just access to drumming out in the world that kept you connected? Well, you know, my brother, uh, he played drums for a short period of time, my older brother. But um, I think we were both inspired by a distant cousin, Chico Hamilton, who was Lena Horne's drummer. Um, and he was pretty famous. He he got a lot of people started in the business. So um, I think a lot of that was inherent. My mother was a tap dancer, so I think I really picked up the rhythm from her. Absolutely. So here's a phrase that I've heard in in, in passing uh, when you come in, in relationships to drumming. They say that the uh, heartbeat is our first uh, sounds of drums to the human spirit. What do you think? Of, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's very accurate. Um, when you take drumming back to our forefathers and culture in Africa, um, it was all one, um, one entity, the, the drumming, the singing, chanting, and the religion. So it all transpired. Um, I never got a chance to do the research, but I had a feeling... Um, while I was at San Francisco State and doing um, my thesis, my senior thesis on the evolution of the Bata drum, I had to um, uh, study the slave trade. And it struck me at some point that if you look back to European times and the Gregorian chants, they had no melody, they, I mean, no rhythm. It was just all um, uh, tones, uh, like whole notes. Um, 
on, and I have a feeling that once they started migrating to Africa, that's when they established uh, rhythm and in, in tunes. And that's always been my theory. I never got to test it, but I think it's just very prevalent. That's the heartbeat. That's the basis. And what kind of drum was that you did for your thesis? Uh, the Bataq drum. Bataq drum. Well, tell me about that. The Bata drum was actually a very religious drum, um, and I found out through my thesis that it was uh, a drum that actually the notations were never recorded. It was always passed down by uh, word of mouth and, and, and through the tribes, and it uh, was women could not touch it, um, and it basically... Um, was was for songo, shango, and um, voodoo. It was it was a drum that was uh, used mainly for those religions, and it came from Africa. And in your in the the music that you play, what type of music, what genre would we be? Um, your what genre do you play in that we would recognize? Um, mostly jazz, um, R and B, and then um, Latin. Uh, African uh, Latin jazz. And tell us what's going on Saturday. That's the free concert. Tell us a little bit more about that for those who um, would like to uh, possibly join you. For this is a free concert, which sometimes is a trigger for people. Yay, free! But yeah. even yes, but then sometimes what's free? And so tell us what's free to even keep more of that energy going. Well, it, it's it. There are two uh, groups playing, and we actually start at one o'clock, not three. One o'clock. Okay. It's one o'clock, and um, it's myself in the the band that I'm in is called De Hook, and I've um, I'm I'm featured as the drummer, but normally when I'm in that group, I'm I'm just actually part of the group. Um, also, uh, William uh, Norwood will be headlining that show, so I'll be the opening act. Um, with my group, The Hook. The Hook, and this is from 1 to 3. Yes. And this is in the Yerba Bonner's Gardens Festival. That's what they yes. have. They hold this every year. This is an event. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you're also an actress, I heard. Is that just a rumor or is that a truth? Oh, no, it's true. I'm actually also an actor and an unpublished author. I've just completed my first uh, novel, which is The Genre is Romance. The genre is romance, okay? And tell me about your acting career. Tell us, I should say. Well, I've actually been acting since probably the late 60s, early 70s, kind of telling my age. Um, I've done, done a lot of background work, and I've been in a few plays. I was with the uh, Rover Matchbox series, and I was actually cast in a few Shakespeare performances like Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, I've um, auditioned and got parts in a, a couple of shows that are on TV. One was called uh, Cuff Me If You Can. And it was the episode I was on was the uh, drug deal gone bad, and I played the mother of the uh, the villain. Um, the next uh, episode I got a part in was Wise with Knives, and I played the grandmother of the young lady who uh, stabbed her uh, significant other because he was um, abusive and going to do very damaging harm to her. And um, recently I did background in the uh, movie, I believe it's still in the theater, um, San Andreas, 
but that's starting to rock. So I'm in there, and you can actually see me. I, I did background in uh, Pursuit of Happiness. These are movies that you could actually see me in, even though I did background. And right now I'm currently in um, The Emperor Jones, and the headliner of the star is uh, Carl Lumley. And I play the old woman in the uh, play, and um, I'm fleeing the palace. And I go upstairs in this uh, warehouse where we're performing, and I play drums. I'm the natives that fled to the hills and are playing drums and singing voodoo and stuff like that. So, so let's think about this for a moment. I feel like I want to play a game for a second with you. Okay. It's like knocking on your door, tap, 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 and saying, Linda, you want to come out and play? <laughs> okay. So you had a, a teacher who, who said no to push you away from drones or attempted to, and then you did your thesis that went back to a set of uh, drums that women could not touch. Yes. So now, what if you were cast in a role? So you're cast in this role, so here now we're playing. Mm-hmm. And you're standing on a, a hilltop, and it is a blue sky with full fat clouds in behind you. Mm-hmm. And there's a classroom of children walking, singing some wonderful, cute, childlike song and melody. We're gonna go play, gonna that, 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 fill in the blank. And one of the little girls looks up at you, and she says to you, they stop, and they say, Are you Linda Livingston, the drummer that I read about in a fairy tale. And you say, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And she says, but where I come from, no, no girls ever can play drums. Mm-hmm. And she says to you, how will my life be if I played the drums? What would my life be like if I played the drums? I would have to say that it would work. Because somewhere in time, if that's what you really have a passion to do, you'll make it happen. And as with me, times changed and women were becoming more incorporated in things that men normally do. And I was able to fit in. So then she says, so people wouldn't be mad at me? Nope. I don't think so. Because people would finally wake up and realize that it's not wrong to be a woman and to play drums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what, how has, if you, do you still mess with the clarinet at all? No, I have it, but no, I've actually picked the guitar back up and I'm trying to learn a little more guitar. Is there two different worlds from playing guitar and the drums? Or do you see, the, is there some emotional difference when you are engaged in that activity? Um, that's kind of a difficult question because, I, well, actually, no. The emotion is the same. It's the desire to master the instrument and to perform for me. And um, it, it there's something in, inside of me that wants to be out on stage and to be able to pick up an instrument and play it and perform like at a major concert, that type of thing. And 
to a concert. I just stand there and watch the musicians and just it just moves me to to practice to to want to be that person on the stage instead of the person out watching. You're listening to Linda Livingston in Javelin's Bistro. I'm your host, and we're talking about her, the upcoming performance that's going to be offered from 1 to 3, August 1st, as a part of Afro Solo Festival, and that is the creation of Thomas Simpson, and it's, this is the 15th year annual celebration. And for more information on the festival and the details, you can call 415-543-1718. So, Linda, so you... You love being a part of the world of entertainment, and you, it sounds like you've had a really nice backdrop of experience, particularly in film and TV, and now you've uh, just written your uh, first novel, completed that novel, and it is a romance novel. Before we get into I'd like to, if it's, if it's okay with you, to touch base about your life as a writer. Uh, is there, uh, I want to ask, is there a website that people can hear some of the links to your music or see where you're uh, performing next at beyond uh, beyond August 1st uh, for Afro Solo? Is there a website they can go to? No, not at this moment. Um, There are a few YouTube videos that I'm on. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to to say those. Um, So they can actually just Google your name and a lot of times that information comes up. Yes. Okay, so they'll Google Linda Livingston and so the drummer, percussionist, and those videos will come up. And so what if someone's listening and they would like to actually invite you into uh, perform for a gig or something? How would that happen? Well, um, they can always find me on Facebook. Okay. I am on Facebook. Okay. Um, that's, I guess that's the best way. Absolutely. And so what was the, what was the inspiration for you to take up uh, writing the, this novel, uh, this romance novel? Can you tell us a little bit about it or what your comfort level of sharing with us? I know it's yeah. not published, so I say that respectfully. Well, it's not published because it's taken years to write it. I've, um, I started writing in high school, actually, and got some really warm reception uh, from the Eastern students when I presented my writing and they say, oh, did you write any more? Um, so that fueled me on, but because my life was so encumbered with other things, work and so forth, I tended to write on impulse when the impulse hit me. Um, if my music wasn't going good, I'd write. If my writing wasn't going good, I'd act. I also used to draw and paint. Um, so it, those things were like just filtering in and out. And I was always spreading myself too thin, and it wasn't until I heard a quote from Prince, which I cannot quote back verbatim, but he's the one that let me know that I was okay because you're, you have creative energies and they have to flow. So I set off on a path to do basically the three entities, which is the act, music, and the writing. When I was in uh, college, um, I actually wrote a script for the TV show Starsky and Hutch. And I had a cousin who was a main character on that show, so I thought I had it in. Turns out I didn't. I mean, he treated me like anyone else. You go through the right channels. It took me two years to get an agent. I finally got an agent, but then the show got canceled. 
but when I got that agent, I didn't get any feedback that I needed better character development, better scene transition. There was nothing technically wrong with my script. Mm. Uh, so it didn't sell, but I prided myself on having gotten an agent. Years later, I wrote two scripts, one of which I tried to sell for the TV show Walker, Texas Ranger. And again, I got an agent. It didn't sell. So the novel that I'm writing, I took out all the cow cop aspects. It is it was the third idea for Walker, Texas Ranger, and I made it into a romance a romance novel. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a quick music break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about this rom- romance novel with Linda Livingston, a percussionist who will be performing uh, this Saturday, August 1st, uh, from 1 to 3 at the Yuba Boner Gardens Festival in San Francisco. We'll be right back. You're listening to Javelin at Javelin's Bistro. Welcome back to Javelin's Bistro. We're talking, I am talking to Linda Livingston. You're listening uh, to some of her life story as a percussionist, some of the things that she has partaken in inside of life. And she just shared with us uh, a quote, not verbatim, from Prince that's, that says, you, you come with creative energies and you must be able to express them, which speaks to all of us uh, to give us, if you don't already have permission, to just try all sorts of wonderful things that's in front of you and to land where you fall inside of that and have a good time. Diversity. Diversity. So, Linda. Linda? Hear me? Yes, I'm right here. Okay. It's you. Uh, what is the main character in your novel? A female African-American drummer. And who is she in love with? Well... She is from the Bay Area, and she is heard by a country artist. And she gets invited to to Nashville to audition for their band, and she succeeds. And she is not aware, he is not aware that they are attracted to each other, sort of. And then she fears that if they did get together, that she would ruin his career and reputation. Because? Because she's black and he's white. Ah. Now, is the music they're playing, is that she's playing with him? Is it country, western music? Yes, it is. And her music here in the Bay Area where she started, what kind of music is that? Jazz and R&B. Ah, interesting. Okay, so now you have the... Okay. That in itself is an interesting uh, relationship. Jazz and it turns country. (laughs) Yeah. Jazz to country. Beautiful. Well, you know, I certainly wish you success in that uh, romance story. What kind of music will we be hearing for those of us who attend the concert on Saturday? I know you said jazz, but is is this original jazz or is this uh, music that we would be familiar with or a combination? It's a combination. We do have one original piece um, 
that was written by our bass player, um, Daryl Bishop. Okay. And um, then the rest are, uh, it's smooth jazz, it's more current stuff. Brian Culberson, Earl Clue, that type of thing. What was it like raising the children? Are they adults now? They are. Okay. So what was it like raising children with, were you practicing in the house yourself? Um, not so much while I was um, raising them. Mm-hmm. I am now. My whole living room is full of equipment, and that is my practice studio. But what it, they were still exposed. They came to my performances uh, when it was permitted. Um, and we, my husband and I, my husband is a, 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 a celebrity photographer. So we went to Los Angeles quite often. So they've all been exposed to celebrityism, I guess you could say. And up until about 10 years ago, you name it, anybody they wanted to meet, they were able to meet. Um, so I have two daughters now that are in L.A. And one is pursuing a PR career and the other is pursuing a film career uh, as a, a camera person. Mm, so that's two children and the third? The third is here with me, and she's just finding herself. She's the youngest. Okay. And that usually happens with the youngest child, finding themselves yeah. because they have had these templates in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. called older siblings and mom and dad or and whoever else. And so then it's... Uh, it's trying to figure out at that point, yeah, really, who am I? And they're the, as I've learned in my own um, family, they are the keepers. They are, they watch, they're the gatekeepers. Yes. And so being gatekeepers, it takes a minute to figure out how to become you after you, after you are the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And so your mom, a tap dancer, she was a tap dancer. Yes, she was. And what was her career life like as a tap dancer? You know, I... I know that she was um, very young, and um, the highlight that I was told by the family was that she performed, you know, in a in a big encore with Kate Smith. I think it's Kate Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, her last name was Smith. I'm not sure. That. I'm not sure if it's Kate. Um, also, my aunt, who I basically lived with and technically kind of became my mother, said that she, my mother was able to do some of the same moves that Bill Bojangles Robinson did. And that's how good she was. But she didn't talk about it. Uh, My mom passed. uh, I was eight years old. She was 36. So I didn't get a lot of history from her. So... Thank you for sharing that, and I'm glad that I asked about that. Um, tap yeah. dancing has been such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, yeah. Personally, for me, just to witness that when I see people do it. So in the last minute and a half that we have, Linda, what would you, what question that would you like to answer that I might not have touched on? We've talked about your film, your writing, um, people you've played with, music you play. What question um, that I might not have gotten that you would like to answer? Um, well, the the only thing that, you know, I'd like people to know that I have high expectations for myself and my real goal in life, um, as minute as it may be to some people, 
is I want to get on a tour bus and tour the United States before I get too old to do something like that. Then I think you need to be on that tour bus, and I hope at that point I can interview you again. Thank you, Linda Livingston, for being my guest today at Javelin's Bistro. And again, you can see Linda August 1st, 1 to 3 at the Yerba Broner Garden Center. You you can uh, get through the website, ybgfestival.org, or the number 415-543-1718. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. And my husband and I have been married 32 years. 32 years. Okay, then. So yeah. I'll bless you with a few more years. So it's going to be a nice little party on that tour yeah. bus. Celebrate. And thank you. And I hope everybody can make it to the festival on Saturday. I do too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Is making a difference important to you? Is charitable giving one of your core values? Like many people, you'd like to know that the causes and organizations you care about today will continue to thrive in the future. In addition to supporting the work of KPFA through cash donations, consider making a planned gift. It's easy and provides tax benefits as well. Simply put, planned giving is the transfer of assets to a designated nonprofit organization during your lifetime or as part of an estate plan. You can gift KPFA in your will or trust with stocks, real estate, or any amount of money. In return, you'll receive a generous tax benefit. For more information on planned giving, consult your financial or estate planner and our website at kpfa.org. Thank you. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA Berkeley, 